Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. Everybody say, hi, Cashy. Are you ready, girlfriend? So something really cool that I love about our church is that um, we recognize that the same Holy Spirit that is in me is the same Holy Spirit that is in Cash. Same Holy Spirit that is in our kids. And I love this so much because she was actually the inspiration behind this series. Um, Before she was two, we started memorizing Psalm 23. And before she turned three, she had the whole thing memorized. Um, And I just started to think, like, what does each verse mean? Um, Because one day she said, Mama, what's a shepherd? And so we started talking about that. And so I love that this series was formed because of the thought of a three-year-old. So she is going to say Psalm 23 for you guys this morning. Oh, we're going to the pulpit. Okay, come here. Okay, come here. Okay. The Lord. I have fallen on me. You have rest and Grenada. And rest beside people stays. Her name is Ringing on the dead man. Even. I walk with dark and shower. I will not be afraid. You could be sunny. Your rod. And staff. Protect. And company. And be in this place. And fit in the blindness. And honor me. Or no to my head. Well, I call all the folks that face. Say, yeah, goodness. Help you, but. Yay! Good job! Okay, go with Daddy. Daddy, over there. Good job, baby. Wow. Her little, she just like licked that microphone the whole entire time. It's fine. Uh, so, before I start and before I pray, I, I have some water and a cup. And I wanted something, like, a little more aesthetically pleasing. But for some reason, like, I pictured it shattering. And then Blake, like, busting her foot on it. And then Jared coming up and wrapping that crap up. And then I looked, and Blake was leading worship. And I was like, Lord, I hear you. So plastic cup it is. Okay. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much that your word stands the test of time. We thank you that we can form a series off of couple verses, because that's how good you are. Father, I pray that um, you just rid my heart of anything that is not of you this morning. God, that people can leave this room feeling filled up of your spirit, but also believing that you can do the things that you say that you can do, Father. And we thank you. Pray this in your name. Amen. Okay, so... I get the privilege of preaching on the last few verses in Psalm 23, and it's, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemy. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. And so when I picture this first verse, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemy, um, I love that it says, a feast, not a meal, but like a full course meal. And you know when um, you leave people's houses and 
you leave feeling like filled up. You had a lot of laughter, a lot of joy. You loved the meal. You loved the food that someone cooked. Um, that feeling, that joy, and that um, you're physically filled up, but you're emotionally filled up, the Lord wants that for you every single day of your life. And not only does he want that for you, but he also wants the enemy to watch you do that. He wants the enemy to watch you feel filled up. And the Bible says a party gives laughter and a wine gives happiness. Amen. Okay. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and he will dine with me. It's in Revelation. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. And I love that. I love that we're going to get to heaven someday and Jesus has a place for us. He wants to dine with us. And so when I was sitting there thinking, okay, what is the time that like I've left somebody's house feeling so filled up or I've laughed really hard? Um, and if any of you know our friend Marjan, um, you know, like when you go, oh, you're here today. Hey, you know, when you go to her house, I actually heard recently she made like I don't know, maybe Holly told me this, but some meal that you could like eat the eyes or something like lamb or I don't know, but that's how like skilled she is. Okay. So you go to her house and it's like a four hour thing. She's got appetizers, meal, dessert, drinks. And so one time, um, it was after we gave birth to we, I, sorry, I gave birth to our son and he was, he was a few weeks old. We were, I was still in maternity leave. And she said, hey, I want to have you and Isaac and Holly over for dinner. Great. I was so excited just to, like, get out of the house. So it was a Friday night, and we're driving, and I got gas. And I texted her because we had stopped for gas. And I said, hey, we're down the street. We're getting gas. Be there in five minutes. And she texts back, okay, great. See you in a few. Awesome. Show up, and the boys open the door, and they say, take your shoes off. If you know them, you know it's, like, a thing. And you go in, and... We were hanging out like her kids were playing with my kids, and David was talking with her husband, and then time goes by, probably about 30 minutes, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, where are Holly and Isaac? That's, that's weird. And so I go over to Marjan, and she's in the kitchen just like being classy and cooking, and I walked up to her, and I was like, do we come early? Where are Holly, Holly and Ike? And just just very stoic-like, just stirring. I don't even remember what she was stirring. And she goes, so funny story. You were supposed to come tomorrow. I said, I came 24 hours early. I have never been. And she's just like, not even laughing. She's like, it's fine. She whipped out a bag of meat she had in the kitchen. Again, classy. <laughs> Who has that much preparation? And I look at her and I was like mortified. But I laughed so hard. And she, we still had such a great meal that night. She whipped out her chicken. And I looked at David and I told him. And we just laughed all night. I mean, it, it just, that joy played into our week. And I think of that day and it, it st still makes me laugh. I'm still slightly mortified. Because if someone came to my house, oh, and then a few weeks ago, I found out her husband was in his pajamas, and he had to change. And I'm like, if you came to my house that last minute, first of all, 
I'll order you some pizza. I'm staying in my sweats. And if you're lucky, we'll go to like Dunkin' Donuts down the street. Like, this is not, yeah. But I thought of that day and I'm like, man, we laughed so hard. We had so much joy. And that is what the Lord wants for us. And so I also thought about, okay, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemy. And I thought, okay, immediately we all have our own individual enemy that is trying to attack us, that is sitting at our table. And I think some of us feast in the presence of our enemy, and some of us feast with our enemy in our lives. And I'm going to share a story this morning that kind of goes along with that. And so I, I would challenge you this morning just to think, you know, what is that spirit that's sitting at your table? Is it a spirit of oppression, spirit of poverty, Right now, division, fear, self-pity, that's a big one, pride, sexual sin, or the last two, which I'm going to talk about, a spirit of death and a spirit of unbelief. And I believe that the sooner we are able to identify what spirit is attacking us or constantly feels like it's in our atmosphere and we can't get away from it, the sooner we can feast in the presence of our enemy and not with our enemy. Because some of us have feasted with our enemies instead of in their presence. And so I, I'm going to share about the biggest spirit this morning that I believe that I've sat with for far too long. The verse after that says, you honor me by anointing my head with oil, oil of gladness. My cup overflows with blessing. And so when I thought of that, I thought, like, originally I thought, okay, God wants to bless us. So many people ex expect Christians to be, like, poor or we can't have this and we can't have that, which he does. But when our cups are completely full, they're overflowing. And when they're full, things can't fill this cup. Nothing's going to fill this cup except for the Spirit of God. And when it's so full and when it pours out, guys, other people, sorry, Phil, wherever you're at, it's about to get wet up in here. It's fine. Okay. Other people notice that. And when your cup is so full and if someone has looked at you and said, but how do you have that? Why do you have that? Why do you have that big 70-inch screen TV or why are you techie? Well, a lot of it is like my husband, eBay and all that stuff. But, but I've, I've had people you know, come up and say why and how and why and how and why and how. And if they're constantly asking you why and how, I would firstly say that they want what you have. And the second response is Jesus. So the biggest enemy that I believe has sat at my table for a long time was the spirit of unbelief. And um, two years ago, a little over two years ago, Chris sat us down in a, a leadership meeting and gave us each just one word one word in a verse, and he spoke that over us. Um, and mine was faith. And in that time, most of you know our story. I'm not going to go through all of it. But in between our daughter, Cash, and our son, Kai, um, we had three miscarriages. And it was hard, um, but that last one kind of took me out. Um, I remember driving home that day, and my husband was in the sano, and I remember 
just saying I didn't, I didn't want to look at the Sano. Um, not once, and I say this with setting my pride aside, but not once did I ask God to save my baby. And um, I drove home, and I remember I heard a voice in my head, not a tangible voice, but just a voice that said, just do it. And for the first time in my life, um, I had some suicidal thoughts. And thankfully, um, I have a team that's gracious enough that gave me six weeks off. And I remember I was so embarrassed that I didn't even tell my husband. I sent an email to the women on our leadership team, and Heidi had actually texted David, and he came in the kitchen, and he said, what is this about? And I just slid in my computer because the shame that I had, I'll never forget it. I had anxiety attacks and all the things that come with it, but did a lot of work, started going to therapy and counseling, and even though it was a smaller season, praise God, it, it was really, really heavy. And so in that moment, I believe that I allowed myself to feast with the enemy. God could have done more, um, but I was listening to those demonic voices. And so we flash forward a couple months, and I want to tell you guys the story of our son. You see, there's two points of time. Um, there's chronos, when things happen in chronological order, and then there's kairos. A kairos moment means um, like a God-ordained moment, a moment of time when God acts. And so we prayed, okay, God, give us a kairos moment. Let us get pregnant and keep this baby. And one day we're at church. Um, it was a Sunday morning, and my friend Lauren Anderson sent me a text, and we're going to show that to you um, this morning, and it was still during, it was after my six weeks off, um, but she said this, women receive back their dead, Hebrews 11, Katie preached, actually, God told me this is for you, this is his promise for you, lean in, hands open, palms heavenward. I love the number seven, life complete, seven days later I found out I was pregnant with Kai. And not only that, I, I'm going to show you one other text from my friend Lauren Auer. Um, this is before I was pregnant, before we found out he was a boy. Um, I'd always wanted a boy. Like, I just figured I was a boy mom, okay? And it's something that I'd prayed for. My friend Lauren Auer, you can't see, but it says January 21st. She dreamt that I was pregnant with a son. And that is how good God is. And so, had him gave birth. He's here, and he's sleeping, and he's so sweet. And um, about two months ago, um, he's a great baby, by the way. Amazing. Two months ago, my husband and I woke up in the middle of our sleep. Uh, it was around three in the morning, and we shot up. And I looked at him, and um, I don't know if you've ever woken up in the middle of the night where you feel like you've heard something, and it's kind of like that terrifying feeling. And I looked at David, and I said, did you hear that? And he goes, yeah. And so he got up, and he went around the house. Um, I heard, this sounds a little woo-woo, been around my friend Ilea too much. <laughs> um, but I believe 
I heard the sound of a demon. It sounded like a man's voice on a megaphone right outside my door. And it sounds crazy, but I believe that the Lord allowed us to hear into the spiritual realm because the next morning we woke up and I said, yeah, didn't you hear that man's voice? And David goes, what? I heard the sound of a siren. And immediately I knew we heard a battle going on outside our hallway. I heard the demon, which was terrifying to this day. And David heard what we believe to be an angel. And uh, maybe a week went by. We were driving home and I told David instantly, I said, you know what? I think that demonic spirit wasn't coming after us. It was coming after one of our kids. And mind you, um, we thought like maybe it's our kids' baby monitor. We maybe it's we have like a doorbell camera. We checked all those things. Our kids were asleep. They didn't budge. They would have woken up. Our dog did not move. She's crazy. She would have woken up. Um, so we knew that only we could hear it. And I said, it was a demonic spirit. I believe it was the spirit of death. And it was coming after one of our kids, but I didn't know who or which one. Um, and a few more weeks went by, and. For the past few months, I had noticed Kai was having these um, movements with his head. Like it started slow, and then they started to get a little faster, and he would jerk his head back. And eventually his eyes started rolling back with it. And so we have an amazing pediatrician. He loves Jesus. And so one day, you know, the mama gut, like when God created you as a woman, we are a mom. Man, he gave you that spirit of discernment for your kids. And so um, it's okay. This isn't right. And I videoed it. They would happen up to 10 times a day. So I sent a few videos to our pediatrician, and it was a Friday, and he said, okay, I'm going to call you tomorrow. And I was like, oh, that's probably not the best. But um, So we called that next evening. We are at my mom's house, and he said, okay, I believe these are atypical seizures. Um, let me consult with the neurologist, but um, let's get Kai in to OSF and get admitted to do an EEG. And my normal self, the, not normal, but um, the tailor that feasted with the enemy probably would have freaked out because I'm very protective over my kids, but I didn't. I cried, and that's okay. Terry, um, our pediatrician, I remember he said, that's okay. Crying is a form of prayer, and that <clears throat> meant so much, but we prayed for a Kairos moment, and the only people that we told were um, our best friends, Phil and Becca, so we came to church that morning, and Beck said, okay, everyone had left. It was just us in there. She said, I want to pray over Kai, and I said, okay. So she prayed, and we touched his head. And guys, since that moment, he's had zero. They completely stopped. No, nothing, nothing. And let me show you the text that our doctor sent, because I texted him the next morning. We were supposed to go in that morning. He said, I love that. Thanks for sharing the news. Interestingly, I was expecting that he would be healed. Thank you for the update. And I, I would like to believe, yes, it was all God who did the healing, but I would also like to believe that it wasn't just because I had this amount of water in my cup, but because my cup was full and I had the spirit of belief and I had the faith and I knew, okay, Lord, you're going to heal him. You're going to heal him. You're going to heal him. God took that belief and he made it happen. And there's two big differences. It all dealt with me wanting to have kids and this desire and this spirit of unbelief, but it took breaking that 
for me to fill my cup and for the Spirit of God just to run over my life. And so, then comes, okay, like, how do we fill this cup? How do we get more of the Spirit in our God? Spirit of God in our lives. And I love that the Bible, um, in Matthew, it says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open. And so I found this. I have um, a family member in my life who does not have Jesus. And um, throughout my life, he's always asked two questions or focused on two questions. One, there's people that are constantly focused on the bad, like right now with all the stuff that's going in the world. Um, this is that person. He would, he would look at me and say, okay, but if God loved you, why would he let three of your babies die? If God loved you, why would this stuff happen? Why would this stuff happen? And I would like to say that when people are so focused on the darkness, that's an absence of light in their life. That's like people that could walk into this room and they could, you know, those like grumpy people and they're like, man, it's dark in here. And you're like, no, my husband built this LCD LED screen from China, okay? It's not dark in here, you know? But they're so focused on the dark and being negative that they can't see the light, but there's light in the room. They just can't see it. And they also wonder... Why can't things go right in their life? Like you see them constantly struggling. And for this person that I'm thinking of in my life, you know, there's loneliness, there's exhaustion, there's a lot of anger and bitterness and depression because it's physically hard for them to focus on the light. And if that's the case then I would say that their cup is empty. But the thing that I'm thankful for is that the Lord can work off a little bit of water. In that moment in my life when I had suicidal thoughts, I still had Jesus in my life. I had a little bit of water. But we know that God can work with faith the size of a mustard seed. And he did. And if you're dipping into something that's not the spiritual the Spirit of God, it will always leave you feeling empty and dried up. I remember one other time in my life when I felt a similar situation. I had just given birth to my daughter. Um, her birth was long. It was 34 hours. And I remember opening my eyes and magically, like, Heidi was there. And I was like, how did you get here? Apparently, I had called her or something and said, where are you? And she was like, okay. And so I opened my eyes literally and I was like, Heidi, fresh blood, help me. So her birth, her man, it was hard, but she came and she's here and she is one of the lights of our life. But um, after I gave birth to her, I just kept getting sick and I had so much anxiety. I remember actually you guys may not remember this, but you were the first people to bring Chris and Heather a meal to our house. I mean, we had just gotten home. They were there within 30 minutes with food. And I'll never forget, they gave us food, prayed over us, they left. We ate, and then I was like, now what do we do? Like, mom and dad just left, and we're, we have a kid. Like, that feeling of shock of we have to take care of, I don't know, what do you do? I don't know. You got a feeder, you got the things, Okay. So, yes, 
never mind, I'll just stop. <laughs> Ooh, okay, okay. But it was a fun time. She screamed and she cried. I mean, every day from 4 p.m. to midnight, and it was hard. And I remember this one time we were going to a friend's going away party, and David, me and my hormonal self, okay, first of all, crazy. David looks at me and he goes, he was holding her because she's just screaming. And he goes, this is miserable. You, first of all, do you say that to a mom like of a newborn? I snatched her up and I went to the room and I'm sobbing. And I was like, this is not miserable. Just on the rocking chair. But I was appalled and I was hurt. And I was like, I had so much anxiety. And guys, I was so stubborn. He was stubborn. Like, we were in different rooms. I'm sobbing. All I wanted to do was get out of the house. And I'm like, this is not. Looking back, it was miserable. Okay? <laughs> it was, whew, she was difficult. She was a lot. It was hard because I felt alone. And I had so much anxiety. And I barely read my Bible in that time. But, again, I was thankful because I had a little water in my cup. And the Lord, he worked in me, and eventually it got easier and better. And, you know, now I'm able to understand what women have been through, and it's turned into a ministry for me. And I am going to read a passage out of Ezekiel in just a minute, but... I was driving home from church last night, and I heard the Lord say, we are living in the age of a stagnant faith, and it's all because people are content enough with a little bit of water in their cup. They're content by this. They're content by showing up to church and doing their due diligence, and they're content with posting a verse. I don't know. They're content with letting people think that sin is okay, um, to be, how do you just post about it, or the cool Christian. There's a lot of contentment, but I can, I can tell you this life is far better than this life because don't you want to get to heaven someday and don't you want to sit at the feet of Jesus because we're all going to see him, whether you believe in him or not, we're all going to see him. I have a family member that she actually just passed away this morning, um, and she did not know Jesus. She didn't even love him. She didn't want to know about him. And so that breaks my heart because don't we want to get to the feet of Jesus someday and know that we didn't just barely make it, that we fully loved him, that we were fully filled up with the Spirit of God because, yes, if you enter into heaven, great, good job. That really is better than the alternative. But it's also like, like when you get to heaven, Awanas, or like, you know, you get those those patches on your badge. Like there is reward in heaven. And don't you want that reward? Don't you want to live your life so filled up that God has even more for you than just heaven? Because that's what he has for you. And there's a huge difference between when I was depressed and feasting with the enemy versus when the Lord riddled me of unbelief and believed that he could heal my son. And I just feel so filled up enough, felt, filled felt, felt so filled up enough that I just knew, okay, God can heal him. So in Ezekiel 47, this verse, um, man, it's, 
I've kind of just been sitting with it, I don't know, year, year and a half. Um, and it spoke to me. So we're going to read it this morning. This is where, like, if you were in kids' church to, like, keep your focus, I'd be like, stand up, sit down, turn around, spin in a circle, give someone a high five. It's a little long, but just, just hang with me, okay? The river of healing. So first of all, we know that um, biblically water means the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. So, so know that as I read this. Ezekiel had this vision. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There was a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gate. He led me around the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream 1,750 feet, and then he led me across. The water was up to my ankles. He measured off another 1,750 feet. He led me across again. Then it was up to my knees, another 1,750 feet. It was up to my waist. Then he measured another 1,750 feet, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. He asked me, have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the riverbank. When I returned, I was surprised to see the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert of the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. And we know that the Dead Sea is real. We know that right now nothing can survive in it. No living organism can survive because there's so much salt. Well, God can bring fresh waters to anything that is dead. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of the river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea all the way from that town to that town. The shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea just as they filled the Mediterranean. But the marshes and the swamps will not be purified. They will stay salty. So that's saying the demonic spirits in your life, you call them out. They have no job but to flee. They have to run. They got to stay salty, guys. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along the sides of the river. The leaves of the trees will never turn brown and fall. There will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month. For they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves will be for healing. So I read that verse and I just had this image of a lot of people are standing at the shoreline shoreline that he's talking about and their toes are dipped in. But there's so much more because we got to walk for it to go to our knees. We got to walk for it to go to our our waist. We got to walk to swim in it. So we have to take steps of obedience for our cups and our lives to be more filled with the Spirit of God because He wants more for you than just to stand on the shoreline. He wants you to be in the depths. God someday is going to take turn that dead sea into fresh waters, and that's what He can do in your life, and I know because He's done it for me. So I would ask that if there's anyone here this morning that wants more of the Spirit of God in your lives, just to open up your hands. And maybe there's some of you that 
you're here this morning and it's a spirit of unbelief like it was for me, maybe a spirit of depression that you want to break off, maybe you're constantly sick and you're wondering, okay, why have I not healed? Why am I not feeling better? Well, the Lord wants to heal you this morning. Maybe there's some of you that are just standing at the shoreline with your toes dipped in and God is saying, I want you to go further. And maybe there's some of you, you know, you think you're going to see Jesus face to face and you've barely made it. God wants you to do more than just barely make it. So let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. I am thankful that, um, Father, you dug me out of the marshes and the swamps. God, I know that's what you want for our people. So, Father, I I pray that if there is a spirit at anybody's table here this morning, um, that you would bring that spirit to the forefront of their mind and that we can bind and rebuke it in the name of Jesus, God. You don't want us feasting with your enemy, but you want us feasting in the presence of our enemy. And so, Father, we speak against the spirit of depression, we speak against the spirit of loneliness. We speak against the spirit of unbelief. We speak against any demonic spirit, Father. And not only do we do that, God, but we just ask that people can take steps of faith and that you would fill up their cups, God. You would fill up their lives with more of you, with more of the spirit of God because we don't want to get by with just enough. We want to be able to walk into a room and people can sense the spirit of God in you. We want to be able to walk into a room and people would say, would you pray for me? I can feel it. I can't describe it. I can't see it, but I can feel it. And if anyone can feel that, God, that is you, Jesus. So as we worship this morning, Father, we worship just with a posture of release. God this morning would you release anything in our lives that is um, hindering us from getting deeper into the spirit of God this morning pray this in your name amen